Welcome to the Vegan Life Coach Podcast, where we coach you to coach yourself. And now it's time to become plan empowered with your co-hosts, 25-year vegan Ella Majors and mindset master Stephanie Aguilar. Before we dive into this exciting episode, this episode is sponsored by the Plant Empowered Coaching Program, which I'm thrilled to announce is opening its doors once again for a limited time because it's just so damn effective and has transformed the bodies and lives of so many humans over the years. It just seems wrong to keep it in hibernation any longer. If you're ready to stop stressing about food and start down the path to a holistically healthy lifestyle so that you can permanently release extra body fat and feel confident, fulfilled, and free, I invite you to learn more about the Plant Empowered Coaching Program and check out hundreds of testimonials right now. The link is in the show notes. You'll see testimonies like Lily's who wrote, Without dieting, without struggle, without counting or weighing or stressing, I have somehow lost 10 pounds, dropped my blood glucose 20 points, bad cholesterol 20 points, and more. Or Jamie, who wrote, I began the program simply thinking I needed guidance on becoming vegan. What I gained was a complete life shift. I feel confident, free, and abundant. I am forever grateful to Ella and Stephanie for helping me remember who I am and get my life back. So with that said, I encourage you not to wait for what you think is the right time. You'll wait your life away. The time is now. We're here for you. Let's do this. Hey, hey, Empowered Vegan Lifers. This is Ella, and I'm here with my co-host, Stephanie. What is up, Stephanie? Hey, Ella. You had a, re- a recent birthday. Oh, thanks for bringing that up. I've, you yes, know, happy birthday. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yes, I joined the 40 Club. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome. It's, it's a mighty club. I've heard really good things about it, to be honest with yes. you. Yes, we are, we are a fantastic group of women. And men. Yeah. Although I, I remember being little, you know, like young. And if somebody said they were 40, do you remember that? <laughs> yes. You were like, wow, that, that person's old. Like yes. Yes. <laughs> so true. That's so true. It seemed like it was, it was going to be so far away, you know, hitting, hitting your forties was going to be like years and years away. And then all of a sudden here you are. And it's, I don't know. I don't feel any different than I did when I was 25, but I'm definitely different. Yeah. Well, I, I actually, you know, we're COVID is, is still there and we still have lots of restrictions. And I decided to have just a couple people over a couple really close friends over to the house. And I have to say, we, I, I I finished out my thirties with a bang. Let me just tell you, we were doing karaoke. Yes. Uh, my friend made all this vegan food. We were snacking on delicious, like hearts of palm ceviche and oh. split pea mint uh, hummus. It was, it, she did it all out. And then get this. And I don't know when the last time this has happened, we got security called on us. <laughs> oh, well, fantastic. <laughs> you- yes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, getting security called on you, it, it really is the hallmark of a fantastic, fantastic party. <laughs> I, I have 
to agree with you. I'm telling you what, I don't know if people know that I used to teach pole dancing back in, in my twenties <laughs> at crunch fitness. Have you heard of the crunch there? It's a I've big heard gym. of crunch, but I didn't know you taught pole dancing. I, Oh, you this didn't is not a story. No, this is not a story. I know. Yes. It was when it was just starting to be a, a, a craze, you know, one of those, one of those trendy fitness and it's still going. There's still pole dancing studios for fitness, but I ordered myself a pole. I taught myself to pole dance and then I started teaching it. So I've just kept that same pole and I kind of carry it around with me wherever I go in terms of moving. Cause I've moved a lot of times over the years. And so it's up. So by the end I'm teaching my friends pole dancing. Yes, that's when we got security called. I think we just got a little out of hand there at the very end of the party. But yes, that, but now I'm 40. So it won't happen again. I'm very responsible now, now that I'm 40. Well, of course, of course. And you're, you're carrying your pole around days. I have to tell you, they're probably over once. I mean, you were 39, you could carry a pole. You're 40. No more, no more. You got to give up all that nonsense. Not. <laughs> I feel fantastic. Honestly, I, I am so excited for everything that's to come this, this entire decade moving forward, you know? Yeah. Because I'm in such a great place. I'm, I'm happier than I've ever been. I'm healthier. I'm actually more fit and stronger than I've ever been in my entire life going into my 40s. So you know what? I am 40 and proud. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, well, what's up with you guys? With you, um, you know, we're just we are just hot and muggy here in Kansas City, but uh, it's been a good week. There's uh, not much new going on, which is kind of nice. So a little bit of a um, pause before the before the uh, baseball season uh, ramps up because it's a little bit delayed here in Kansas City. But we're looking forward to that. My son is playing baseball one more season before, before he gives it up. So we're looking forward to that. All right. Empowered vegan lifers. We have got such a great episode planned for you today. And something we've heard a lot about from you guys, our listeners, that's an important topic for you and for us is disordered eating. And this is something that we know many people struggle with. In fact, the statistics say upwards of 50% of Americans demonstrate problematic relationships with food. Yeah. And that is that is such a stark statistic, but we really do see it reflected in all the questions that we get. I would say well over 50% of our clients would say that they find themselves in some really disordered eating cycles. And Ella, I know you've struggled with this and I think people would be really, really surprised to hear that. Yes. Yeah. So I I talk about this quite a bit now that I'm um, completely an open book about all this stuff that I've released the shame that uh, surrounded me for so many years regarding this issue because yes, people look at me and are like, wow, I want your body. You've got a great body, you know, but here's, here's the deal. Uh, when I was heading into my twenties, my passion has always been to spread veganism. Fitness has been another passion of mine and, and my how to do that back, you know, this was many years before people really started 
you know, the mainstream started talking about veganism. So my how was to stay in phenomenal shape. I'm talking like competition shape uh, year round, which if you know bodybuilding competitors, you know, they work really, really hard getting ready for the show. And then on what they call off season or in between shows, they're, they don't look <laughs> the same as when they went up on stage, right? Yeah. But because this was something that I was so passionate about spreading uh, awareness about veganism, I really put a lot of pressure on myself because I wanted to constantly being, be being asked, what did I do? Because it gave an open door for me to explain that I was vegan and tell people and educate people on how you can be fit and healthy and strong uh, on, with a vegan lifestyle. And this just, it, it, it sent me down the road to disordered eating. It started with, you know, I, and I was working in the fitness industry. So macros are huge. I mean, I mean, how many of you guys are like counting your macros still or wanting to, because that's what they say it takes to get in this sort of a shape. So I was, I was doing that. And I was, I was, I can't believe how much energy I was spending thinking about food, what, when, where I was going to eat, how much I was going to eat. Food was on my mind all the time. And for the most part, I would keep it so super strict, so restrictive. And then boom, like your willpower is going to run out. We're human beings. And that's what happens uh, when we're doing it in the way that I was doing it and in the way that the diet mentality kind of dictates how we do things. And I, so I was, I would binge, you know, I would get to the point where I just lost it. I was, I was depressed. I had anxiety. I had insomnia. And all these things were kind of the perfect storm for me to, to have this disordered eating, to have the restriction. I was you know, afraid to go out to eat with, in social situations. I missed out on a lot of things. I had a lot of stress about that. Um, and then I would binge in private. And the thing is, I wouldn't tell anybody. I didn't tell anybody until just several years ago. Yeah. And it went on for well over a decade. And I could eat an entire jar of peanut butter. I tell that story. And I know there are people that can relate. It sounds... There's some people that food is, they're the eat to live people, right? And then there's the live to eat people. I definitely think about food a lot. I like food. <laughs> but, but, you know, some people that, that really eat to live don't quite get that, right? Yeah. But the people that do, you know what I'm talking about when you just can't stop. And there's the emotional um, piece of that. There's food addictions. There's all sorts of things involved. But yeah, that's kind of my story leading up to the point where I said, okay, I can't do this anymore. This is enough. I have to come clean. I have to put this out there. I have to share this. I can't be hiding in shame any longer. Mm. And that's when I shared um, this. And, and the body image is a whole nother show. I, we're going to talk about body image. So, so stay tuned for that show later, but we'll focus on the disordered eating yeah. um, now. So, and, and you know what? Disordered eating is, very, is different, not very different, is different than an eating disorder. An eating disorder is a diagnosis. I had a diagnosis for clinical depression, for anxiety, for insomnia, but not an eating disorder. But you, Stephanie, were diagnosed with an eating disorder. Am I right? Right, right. Yeah. I, I really think I, well, I was diagnosed with bulimia. I think my eating disorder really grew out of some, some very, very early disordered eating patterns. I started restricting my food as young as nine, nine years old. And I really just was internalizing a lot of messages that I was receiving. I was a tall kid. I was a kid that was big for my age. Uh, I hit puberty early and I think I felt big 
and I heard people's well-intentioned words as, as truth that something was really wrong with me. And that's what I, that's what I internalized. And so by the time I was 14, I was actively binging and purging. And so I met that criteria for, for bulimia. I would eat massive amounts of food in secret and then purge. And I was, <laughs> I was what, what I, and many bulimics, we, I deal a lot. Uh, I have dealt a lot with my eating disorder with humor. And so I have termed my, my purging cycles as an equal opportunity purger. I, <laughs> I would eat massive amounts of food. The bur- the binge was, you know, just taking in all of those calories, but I would purge through vomiting, sometimes laxatives, sometimes through fasting. That was kind of my go-to. I would fast for days and sometimes just excessive exercise too. And this really lasted until I got to a point when I was 28, where my life was completely unmanageable. And I, I really had destroyed everything. I, I had lived kind of two different lives, one that looked really great on the outside. And then the other one that was really just built around this purging, uh, binging and purging cycle. And so I became very disconnected from people, very, very depressed. I really couldn't, um, manage any part of my life, including a job. And so I I went to treatment. And so all of this, just to say an eating disorder is really very defined and it's much more complex as disordered eating, but it does have so many overlaps in, in various degrees of that, that disordered eating part. Yeah, exactly. And, and first of all, thanks for sharing all that. Uh, But yeah, when we talk about disordered eating, it really does have some of the same markers as an eating disorder, like anxiety about eating certain food groups, obsessive calorie counting, a rigid approach to exercise or eating patterns. And this is a big one, self-worth based highly or even exclusively on body size or weight. Right. Yeah. So the difference between disordered eating and an eating disorder is really about degree, I think. But just because someone's patterns aren't as extreme as a full-blown diagnosable eating disorder doesn't mean that disordered eating isn't problematic. And we see this really often with our clients and the people that come to us regularly. They're really locked in those cycles that keep them stuck, keep them locked inside these patterns of thinking and living out these limiting beliefs of this disordered eating and that they can't have a good relationship with food without being uh, very rigid, which of course is another pattern of disordered eating. Exactly. And, and we've both been there. We've both experienced this both as individuals as well as alongside others that we coach. Mm-hmm. Spending years and years hating our bodies preoccupied with counting calories and macros and you know obsessed with burning calories and how many minutes that we're exercising really affect the way we live our lives and we can't live our lives like we really want to when we're spending that much time and energy preoccupied with with these things we can't design the life that we love right right but we don't have to stay in that place We don't have to continue living locked into these disordered eating cycles. Yeah. Yeah. So listeners, if you think you're struggling with disordered eating, 
it's really time to ask yourself some very hard questions and look at the quality of your life and the price you're paying for being so preoccupied with these thoughts and patterns that that really just aren't serving you. So if you recognize yourself in this, if what we've talked about resonates with you in some way, I want you to get out a pen and paper and really think about your answers to some really hard questions about your relationship with food. First of all, do you use food or food restriction as a way to cope with life's uncomfortable and negative emotions? Are you lonely or feel disconnected from others because you restrict your social life based on gatherings that involve food or a rigid and inflexible exercise routine? How uncomfortable are you with food and your body? Do you find negative thoughts about food and your body take up a lot of your time or cause you to fall into an anxiety loop? If so, then it's time to ask yourself one more question. How much more time are you willing to waste before you find freedom from all of this? Such big, powerful questions. And you know what? We even have a tool. We have a self-evaluation that we created for you guys to better understand your relationship with food and your body. Uh, It's also got a section on on abundance and scarcity, which, hint, hint, will be our next, next topic for next week. So we'll put the links to that in the show notes. And you know what? I want to talk about the word freedom for a minute because that is not only the word that I used when I, I remember publishing the story on my blog, kind of getting all of this out there into the open and really starting to face this head on and start to make the shifts that I needed to make to feel free. And freedom has turned out to be the number one word that our clients have used over the years to express how they feel mm-hmm. once they've built a healthy relationship with food and their body. I mean, people like Erin. Erin came in. She literally carried, I remember talking to her for the first time. She was like, yeah, I carry a scale in my purse to restaurants because she was so intent on sticking to this really strict plan that her trainer had given her saying that that's the only way she was going to lose those last 10 pounds. And you know what? She wasn't losing the 10 pounds mm-hmm. and it was certainly wasn't sustainable. So even if she had lost it, then what was she going to do next? You know, you can't keep that up forever. Right. right. And then when she came in the plant and power coaching program, which is what is transitioning into our, our visionaries membership, she lost that 10 pounds and she did it after getting rid of the scale, getting rid of the counting the calories and the macros, learning to eat intuitively, learning our self-empowerment coaching system, starting to gain power and confidence over her choices in her life about what she puts in her body and how she moves her body and how she feels about her body. And then there was Valerie. Yeah. You know Valerie Valerie is one of our founding members for yes. our visionary. Yeah. Yeah. So she, I remember talking to her for the first time, she counted every morsel of food. I mean, every morsel. And can I tell you this? She told me, she admitted to this, she would choose a travel bag of chips over an apple because she didn't know the exact numbers of an apple. She'd have to estimate and she would know the exact nutritional you know, facts about the chips. And don't get me wrong, she lost a hundred pounds over the course of a year doing that. 
You know, remember when she came to us, she was terrified that she would gain it all back when she stopped counting because she knew she couldn't do that forever. She didn't want to do that forever, but she was scared to stop. Yeah. But she took the leap of faith and she came in and she did the work and she has kept it off. And she is so passionate about it now that she has joined uh, the Vegan Life Coach Academy with us. And so she's going to be around for a long time to come. And I'm so excited about that. I mean, we've worked with 18-year-olds up to 70-year-olds. And it's amazing to be able to help teenagers like April, who was 18 and have had her whole life ahead of her to be able to make those shifts so early. But it's also been equally as gratifying to work with people who are later in their lives who are finally able to break free from that prison of disordered eating and and eating disorders for basically the first time in their entire lives. And many of them them have been going to therapy for decades. So yeah, we help people master their mindset with our self-empowerment coaching system. And if you haven't listened to episodes four and seven, definitely go back and, and listen to those. So you'll know what we're talking about here. But really, you know, everything else, in our lives start to fall to fall into place and new opportunities begin to open up. They did for us and they've done for so many of our people. Yeah, absolutely. And it really does always lead back to the mindset. You know, believe it or not, disordered eating really has very, very little to do with food. Disordered eating patterns are really about questioning our ability to base our worth on something other than outward appearance or even that we're worthy at all. You know, disordered eating is really based in our relationships with our bodies. And that is mentally and emotionally very complex. But healing that relationship really starts with becoming incredibly aware with uh, how we speak to ourselves. Yes. And something I've heard you say a lot, Stephanie, is get relentless with your thoughts, which I just love. Yes. Yes. Getting relentless with our thoughts, really challenging that inner critic is the first step in the healing process. Yeah. And I think the self-empowerment coaching system is really useful in challenging those thoughts in becoming relentless with our thoughts for seeing them for what they are. Because another thing you say, just because they're a thought we have, it doesn't make them true. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you really have to tell that inner critic that you're on to her. And I think the self-empowerment coaching system is a great format to do that in, Uh, you know, really challenging those thoughts, not letting them pass without a solid, solid examination with some compassion and curiosity about them. That's the way to freedom in these disordered eating patterns. It's not about the food. It's not about the food. And if we think uh, so many people have been focused on the food, for so long and so many people and tell me, you know, if you guys can relate out there, you know, doing, spending countless hours researching, trying to find the next diet or the next meal plan to follow, you know, this is exhausting stuff and it takes over our lives. So imagine being free of that. And we've got a few ways to help you guys if this episode is resonating with you. So we've mentioned it at the beginning. Number one, join our seven-day burpees and greens challenge where we work out because we love our bodies uh, and we're going to make it fun. We're going to also eat whole foods, plant-based because we care about ourselves and our bodies and be surrounded by awesome, like-minded people in our Empowered Vegan Life community. And so we can do this all together and have fun with it. Yeah. Number two, there's a free brand new webinar on the blueprint for a healthy vegan lifestyle that you love that we're doing live. 
we're, I think we're, we might do it a couple times actually live during our open enrollment period for the Visionaries membership, which again, that open enrollment period is June 25th through 30th. Uh, and then we close for several months. So I'm warning you, we're closing for several months. So now's the time to get in. We do have a wait list as well, and we'll put the links to that. So if you're a little early on it, you'll get notified first as soon as we open that card. And we'll make sure to keep you informed about the, the membership so that you don't miss out. Great. Great. And then, Stephanie, do you have one more strategy our listeners can use to help them make like the first step towards a healthy relationship with food? Oh, of course. Of course, I do. I'll give um, you what? <laughs> And I, I'm going to tell you, this is going to feel very, very artificial, but try it anyway. What I want you to do is write a letter to yourself and outline what your life would really look like if you were free of all the preoccupation, all the energy that you spend in those negative patterns of disordered eating. Tell yourself why you love you. And one thing I want you to say is I'm here. I'm not going anywhere until we have this figured out. Then write out your commitments to healing exactly what you're going to do to fight for your freedom from the pain, self-doubt and anxiety. Yes. And it is incredibly important to keep these commitments to yourself. If you're really serious about being free from these patterns and creating a healthy relationship with food. And one of those commitments might be to write out some affirmations to say every day. And these affirmations, man, these, they're key. They work. This is how we reprogram our minds. And we have to say them over and over and over and over again. Because we won't believe them until unless we do. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And one of them might be to reach out to us and apply to be coached live on this podcast or to work with us in our membership program. Another commitment could be to take some time to simply do this exercise, you know, listen to it again, do this exercise for real and ask yourself some really hard questions and do some journaling around the subject. Get it out, get it out on paper. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Choose you show up for yourself through these commitments take action. The motivation will follow. Keep that in your head. Don't wait for motivation to come along. Take action. That's right. That's right. Motivation follows action. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for today. You guys make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode and share, share this, share this with your family, your friends, anybody that you care about. This is important information. So we invite you to, to share it with all the people that you love. Until next time. Until next time.